Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Anne Boleyn, daughter of Thomas and Elizabeth Boleyn, second wife of Henry VIII, mother of Queen Elizabeth I, and first anointed queen to be executed in England. Hi, my name is Rebecca Larson, owner of TudorsDynasty.com, and you have found my podcast. In today's episode, episode four, we continue on with our story about the Tudor dynasty. Today we're going to look at the second wife of Henry VIII. There's quite a lot to tell about Anne Boleyn, so we won't cover everything in just one podcast, so please bear with me. Anne Boleyn was born in either 1501 or 1507. There are no birth records to indicate the actual date of birth, so those two years have always been based off of other records later on in her life and appearances made at court in France and England. Through her mother, Anne was related to the Howard family, which is why we know Thomas Howard, 3rd Duke of Norfolk, was her uncle. In the summer of 1513, Anne Boleyn left her home at Hever Castle to join the court of Margaret of Austria Michelin. This was common practice for girls of her age to be sent to the household of another to finish their education. In August 1514, Thomas Boleyn sent a request to Margaret of Austria asking her to send his daughter back to England and had been chosen to accompany Henry VIII's sister, Mary Tudor, on her journey to France to marry King Louis XII. Now, Thomas could not refuse his king, so he politely asked Margaret of Austria to oblige, and she did. However, in January 1515, King Louis XII of France died. As we now know, Mary Tudor, who was now the Dowager Queen of France, went on to secretly marry Charles Brandon, and then they returned to England to a very unhappy Henry VIII. But now we already covered all that in our last podcast, so I don't need to go into detail anymore about how Henry reacted and what happened with Charles and Mary. Now, for reasons that are unknown, Anne did not accompany Mary back to England. She had stayed in France instead, joining in the household of the new French queen, Claude. Anne was recalled eventually from the French court in late 1521 to return to England to marry James Butler. We don't know exactly, but reports indicate that on the 4th of March, 1522, Anne played the part of perseverance in the Chateau Vert pageant at Henry VIII's court. For those of us who watched Showtime's The Tudors, we saw in this series that this was the point when Henry VIII became intrigued with Anne Boleyn. But with that being said, there were quite a few historical inaccuracies in the series, so we have to kind of take that with a grain of salt. The first actual evidence of a relationship between the two is Henry's application to the Pope in August 1527 for a dispensation to marry a woman who was closely related to someone the king had previously slept with. Now, it was actually around this time of the pageant when Henry VIII was having an affair with Anne's sister, Mary Boleyn. 
Now, George Cavendish, who is a biographer of Cardinal Wolsey, said that around 1523, Anne Boleyn and Henry Percy fell in love. It was at this time that Anne Boleyn was a maid in the household of Catherine of Aragon. Uh, Percy used to visit Catherine's household and spend some time with Anne and some of the other ladies, but seemed to fall in love with Anne. Now, unfortunately, we, t- we were told that Henry Percy was already in pre-contract with Mary Talbot. So this ended up being enough for Cardinal Wolsey to put an end to the relationship of Henry Percy and Anne Boleyn. Now, back to Anne and Henry VIII. Historian David Starkey states that he believes that Henry started to have feelings for Anne around Christmas of 1524 or sometime around the beginning of 1525 after he had stopped sleeping with Catherine of Aragon. So now this is all starting to make sense, right? Henry started to fall in love with Anne around 1525 and it wasn't until 1527 that he requested the dispensation from the Pope to marry again. We of course know that he wished to marry Anne Boleyn. So from 1525 to 1527, Anne went from being courted by an already married king to telling Henry she would only sleep with him if he was her husband. Now, this is the part that I really want to talk about. How do you feel Anne felt about Henry at the beginning? Did she love him at the beginning of their courtship, or was she just in love with the idea of being queen? What were the actual odds that Henry was going to get his way? Now, I guess I'm kind of torn on this because I feel like Anne really loved Henry Percy. She, that was the man that she wanted to marry. And then all of a sudden, here comes along this King of England, this handsome and charming and wealthy, of course, Henry VIII. And the lust that Henry had for her must have also been very flattering to Anne. But imagine if you're in love with someone else and another man comes courting you and showering you with gifts and letters and all of these things, but your heart just isn't in it. I'm really curious at how long it took for Anne to really start to develop feelings for Henry. Maybe it wasn't until around 1527 when she was finally like, okay, fine, you know, we can make this happen. I'll sleep with you, but only if you marry me. Now, now, what did she really think? Did she really think that he was going to find a way out of his marriage? Or was just this just her way to end this fling, this relationship that Henry wanted? Um, because I really think that maybe she thought, well, this is my way to get rid of him. I'm getting older. I'm not getting any younger. The king is courting me. Of course, nobody else at this time can court me. So what's my way out? Or maybe it was really, I love this man. I have fallen in love with him over these years. And I do want to be his wife. And I will do whatever it takes to become his wife. That really is the question. And I don't think there's ever going to be a way for us to find out how she really felt. Because we don't have, you know, examples of her letters back to Henry when he was writing her the love letters. So let's go back to that time in 1527 when Henry's looking at dispensation um, to marry Anne. Also at this time in 1527, um, around Easter was when Henry urged Anne to become his only mistress, his official mistress. And as we know, she didn't want that either. So not long after, um, 
it looks like that's when the secret preliminary hearings of the annulment began. Um, then in June, Henry informed Catherine of Aragon of his plans to annul their marriage. Now imagine how Catherine felt at that time. You know, staunchly Catholic, they didn't believe in divorce, there was no reason to annul the marriage, she had not slept with his brother, you know, how could this, how could this happen? Then by the summer, you know, after June, sometime that summer, Henry and Anne do agree that they are going to marry. Now, in August, the decision is made then to ask the Pope for the dispensation so that Henry can marry Anne. So the timeline's kind of wonky as far as that goes, but I just wanted to be able to clear that up a little bit for you. So now we flash forward a little bit um, to September 1st, 1532. So, you know, time has passed. They still don't have the annulment of marriage. Um, Henry's really starting to move forward. I'm wanting to marry Anne. He's going to do whatever it takes at this point. And he wants to introduce Anne to King Francis. And when he introduces her, he wants her to have a title. He doesn't want her just to be Anne Boleyn. He, so in September 1532, he makes her the Marquess of Pembroke. And so this way they go to France. He gets to introduce her to King Francis. And this was at the point when we believe that Anne and Henry actually consummated their relationship. I think Anne finally, finally felt comfortable enough that, yes, this is finally going to happen. We're going to get married. Why do I need to wait any longer? So they come back to England and, you know, I'm assuming they continue with a sexual relationship since, you know, they already did it once in France and Anne becomes pregnant. She becomes pregnant and, you know, it's about this time when they're like, well, we better get married, but I'm still married to Catherine of Aragon, so we're going to have to do it in private and in secret so nobody knows, but that way our child won't be considered illegitimate. Now, we know the following September then after she, from the following September from when she's made Marcus of Pembroke is when she has her daughter, Princess Elizabeth. So that was on September 7th, 1533 is when she has Princess Elizabeth. Now, of course, we know her as Queen Elizabeth I, who has gone down in history as one of the most glorious monarchs of English history. So that's where we're going to leave it for this podcast. Anne is now married to Henry VIII. She has given him a daughter and things are really looking up for the couple, for their family, for England. And when we continue on with our next podcast, we'll just take it from there, um, going through to the downfall and execution of Anne Boleyn. Thank you so much for joining me again today for this wonderful podcast that I've put together for you, if I may say so myself. Uh, this podcast would not be possible without those who have become patrons to my Patreon website called Tudor's Dynasty. With their support, I am able to put in more time researching, writing, recording, and editing my podcasts. Now, if you're interested in joining this group of wonderful individuals, please go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Tudor's Dynasty and become a patron. Thank you very much.